Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for this incredible Sunday where so many people have come out. We just ask you over these next few moments that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that you have for us today. Thank you for these beautiful people that have made the decision to come to first service. They're not like those second service people that have to sleep in on Easter. They're ready to give God the best early in the morning. So we pray that you would bless them, bless our time together. And honestly, Lord, let your truth just reign in our hearts and our lives in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So the title of my message is this, the advantage, the advantage sports. It doesn't matter if you're talking about sports. It doesn't matter if you're talking about war. It doesn't matter if you're talking about finances. Every single person loves an advantage. Now, my wife and I, we were late bloomers in watching the series Survivor. How many of you have got caught up in watching the series Survivor at some point or another? Four of us. Wow. Well, my prayer is, is that you'll dive into Survivor and get as much joy out of it as we have. But one thing I learned in Survivor is, is that having an advantage could be the difference between going home broke or going home with a million dollars in your pocket. Everybody loves an advantage. An advantage can take a setback and turn it into a comeback. An advantage can take you from being on the bottom to elevating you to the top. We love comeback stories. In 2017, some people call it the greatest comeback in football history. Love him or hate him. Tom Brady brought his team, the New England Patriots, back from a 25-point deficit for Super Bowl one in overtime, and they took the Super Bowl home. Just this year, in in 2023, college basketball, the Final Four, you've got San Diego State versus Florida. Two seconds left in the game, Butler throws it up and drains it. Two seconds left, San Diego State wins 72 to 71. They call it today the San Diego Miracle. Everybody loves a comeback story. Back in 2010, there was this guy by the name of Elon Musk in the realm of business. Elon Musk took every dime that he had left and he invested it into a small little company called Tesla. He invested all of his dollars into this to where it was so difficult for him to even pay his rent Back in 2010, today, Elon Musk is worth $200 billion. 
I'm telling you that everybody loves a comeback story. So we know about business and we know about sports and we know about war. But I want you to know this, and it's my first point, that God is the God of the comeback. God is the God of the comeback. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 1, if you've got your Bibles, please turn them there at this moment. We've got it on the screen as well. It says this, on the first day of the week, early in the morning... The women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered inside, they did not find Jesus' body. How many of you know that probably that first response was a response of disappointment? Maybe maybe a little bit of fear and some frustration. Verse 4 says, while they were wondering about these things... Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Frightened, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. And the men said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, verse 6 says. He has risen. Remember, he told you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified and on the third day to be raised again. Verse eight says this, then they remembered his words. And so the first things that the angels said to these women is they said that he is not here. If I was going to take that further I would paraphrase just a little bit I would say you know what he was here he was here for a few days but he's not here any longer and the second thing that the angel said to these women is is they asked the women don't you remember that Jesus told you while you were in Galilee that he'd be delivered over to the hands of sinners and so so if I was going to take some liberties What I would say is, don't you remember that he told you that crisis was coming? Don't you remember that he spoke that that there was going to be a setback? That there was going to be a difficulty, a struggle? But they didn't stop there. They said, also, don't you remember that he said he would be raised again on the third day and that death could not hold him down? Come on, somebody. That's the God that we serve. Even death cannot hold him down. I want you to know this Easter that Jesus knew something that gave him an advantage. He knew this, that no matter what trouble he was going to face, no matter matter how bad things were to get for him, he knew this, that God, the Father, had already planned his comeback. And I pose to you that that he didn't have immunity from the pain. Just because he was the son of God. He was the only begotten of the father. Some people can slide into this place. Yeah, but he probably, he probably didn't feel pain like we felt it. That's wrong. He also didn't have super 
hero power that, that helped him to face such tragedy, such difficulty with, with, you know, easier than what you or I would face it. Like literally he made himself just like you and I were so he, that he, so that he could go through these things. Even being the son of God, he could not escape the moment. Remember he, he tried, he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, listen, if at all possible, if this cup can pass from me, that would be the better way. But he said, nonetheless, Father, not my will, but yours be done. So his advantage was the ability to see beyond the suffering. He was able to see beyond the present to the other side. How was he able to do this? Number one, he had tremendous devotion to the Father, right? He had great intimacy, walked with the Father every single day. He also had a love for humanity. He knew that what he was fixing to do was important for us to be restored to the Father. And the other thing was, is that he stood upon the promises that were spoken to him. God spoke promises over him, just like God speaks promises to us. And I want you to know that our lives are no different. In the middle of your trouble, our, com our comeback your comeback, my comeback is in God's playbook. Like he already has the plan for you to get through the trouble and to get beyond the trouble to the other side of the trouble. So somebody might be here and you're just like, man, I don't even know why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the only reason why I'm here is because my neighbor just wouldn't get off my back. They were like, listen, you got to come. Everybody goes to church on Easter. Come with me to church. And you're like, man, I don't even know why I'm here. But I'm just saying this, that you might, you might be saying, wow, those are really, really inspiring words. And, and man, those, those, those words are really flowery. And, and yeah, you know what I mean? Like your comeback is in God's playbook. That's really special. That's really sweet. But I'm in real trouble right now. Like I'm in serious, serious trouble right now. What do you have for me that is going to be real and going to be genuine? What is it that I do? See, sir, you don't know the pain that I'm going through right now. What do I do in this situation? I don't need flowery words. I need something that is going to be genuine, something that is going to be real. And I'm telling you, I've got three things. They're not on the screen. But the first thing is, is trust God. I promise you this, if you begin to trust God and put faith in God, I'm telling you that you will begin to see, you will begin to see things begin to shift in your life for the better. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. What? This will open up tremendous peace. It will open up and it's almost like you're under pressure right now. You ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. It's like pushing that pressure relief valve. You're like, wow, I'm going to get through this. Draw on his strength. I'm telling you that the strength of the Lord is present and available for you right now. And then walk closely with him every day. John 16, says this, that in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And I want you to know that as Christians, 
Sometimes people say, man, I'm just going to receive Jesus and all my troubles are going to go away. That's never been promised to any of us, right? But this is what is promised is every trouble, every trial, every storm that you or I could face and will face in the future. Check it. He's already faced it. And guess what? He is one. And so he says, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And as if you, as you find yourself in me, Jesus is saying, then you're going to overcome the world as well and all of the troubles that the world brings. Number three is this, look beyond the trouble. You got to look beyond your present circumstance to the promise of what is coming. See, there's new life beyond the storm. And I'm certain of this, that my church, this church, our church is tired of me telling this testimony. But I will share this testimony until the day that I die. Because it's my testimony. I was arrested for a DUI, completely inebriated, in jail, called out to God saying, listen, if you can do anything in my life, if you can do anything with this life, you can have it. And immediately the Holy Spirit came into that jail cell and I, I, I went from being out of my mind into my right mind. And even though I was still right smack dab in the center of the storm, I knew that everything was going to be all right. Every little thing was going to be all right. And this is the peace that God gives you. He doesn't remove you from the situation. He just says, listen, now we're going to walk through this together. You just follow me. You just follow me. I'll take the brunt of everything. And it was crazy how God began to line things up. From that point, which leads me to where I am today. See, God has given you comeback power. And if you can look beyond the trouble, if you can look beyond the storm, it's better over there. Guess what? Your faith is stronger on the other side of the storm than it is right now. Check this out. Your family is stronger. Your family is better over there than it is over here. Come on, your business is better over there than it is over here. And so there's powerful things that happen when we go beyond the storm. And I'm just telling you this, for some of you, you should take some time right now and just celebrate the Lord because the devil has tried to kill you and he's pulled out all the stops to destroy you, the devil has tried to rip your family apart. But even though it may be just by a thread, you're still here. You're still here. He hasn't destroyed you. He hasn't taken you out. He hasn't killed you. You're still here. I love that about my Jesus. First John chapter 5, 4 says this, that every single one of us that are born of God becomes or overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Like, listen, we were talking pre-service and something just hit me. When you don't have anything, when everything that, is, that you've had has been robbed from you, 
When you don't have anything left, one thing you still have, if you choose to have it, is your faith. Like the world can take everything from you, but if you choose to exercise and stand on the faith that God has given you, you still have that. Faith remains. See, faith is being able to see beyond your current circumstances. Faith is saying, man, I'm here. I'm in jail. I'm inebriated. But the Lord shows up and says, listen, I don't care what I have to go through. Court, court costs. More jail time potentially, SR-22s, lawyers, fees. Come on, I'm telling you, when you're in trouble, some of you, maybe I'm the only one that's ever been in trouble here. Maybe, maybe. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because when the Lord is present, when the Lord is with you, you're like, I don't care what I have to go through. I'm going to get through it and things are going to be better beyond. Setbacks are not all equal. Physical setbacks, mental setbacks, emotional setbacks, spiritual setbacks, financial setbacks. Financial setbacks. Simon Peter went out fishing all night, the Bible says. And it said that he came home the next morning with nothing. Come on, Simon Peter was tired because he fished all night. He was broke because he caught nothing. And that's how he sustained his family. And he was frustrated mentally because he had fished all night. He was tired and caught nothing. Relational setbacks. Anytime that trust is broken, especially when you have a close relationship with, you love this person. This person loves you. This person knows things about you that nobody else knows. And then this person takes advantage of the relationship these things happen, don't they? Do they happen? And guess what? When it, when it happens from somebody that you love and you're close to, it hurts not just a little bit more, but it hurts a whole lot more, right? So we've got relationship issues and, 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 and that hurts. See, some of these setbacks are our fault, but some of them we have no fault at all in them. We're just the recipient of something bad happening to us. But once again, some of these setbacks are our fault. See, listen, when it's our fault, we would encourage you to pick up your mop because you've been called into the kingdom to be a spiritual janitor. When you make a mess, it's not for somebody else to clean it up. It's for you to clean it up. Boy, I'm speaking something prophetic even right now to somebody that has made a mess in their marriage, in their workspace, their workplace. And I'm just saying this, that as you find yourself in the middle of the mess that you made, pick up a mop because the Lord has called you to be a spiritual janitor. Clean up your mess. But the good news is this, that failing doesn't make you a failure. Sometimes when we fail, what does the devil come along? He's in our ear, which he shouldn't be. He should be up under our feet, but he gets up into our ear and he says, man, you're nothing but a failure. You're nothing but a failure. Come on, who failed? A lot of people failed in the Bible, but they never took 
come on the, the, uh, the label of being a failure. Simon Peter failed. One of my favorite parts in the drama, there's a lot of favorite parts, but one of my favorite parts is when Peter was standing right here over the fire and you got all these little girls and people all around and, and he's just keeping warm by the fire and the prophetic word said, listen, you're gonna deny me so many times by the time that the cock crows three times and then all of a sudden, the rooster crows and the rooster crows and the rooster crows and it echoes throughout the whole place. And then Simon, at that point, he realizes what has happened and he runs out of the place crying. Was he a failure? No. Come on, Simon Peter, he died a martyr's death. Come on, Jesus went looking for him specifically, said, listen, I got a job and a plan for you. This is the man that got up and preached on the day of Pentecost. Come on, he didn't see a failure in Peter. He just saw that he had a moment. And some of you, you've had your moment or moments like me. But guess what? You're not a failure. You're an overcomer. Number two is this. Success is often built on the foundation of failures. That's powerful. Success is often built on the foundation of failures. Do you know this, that Elvis Presley was fired from the Grand Old Opry and told that he should go back to truck driving? Do you know this, that Walt Disney was fired by the Kansas City Star for lack of imagination? Are you kidding me? Wow. Did you know this, that Mickey Mantle, Hall of Fame baseball player, played for 18 years, went up to bat 10,000 times. He struck out 1,700 times. He walked 1,800 times. And so over his 18-year career, do you know this, that, that if you do the fuzzy math, it works out to seven years without having one hit in his 18-year career. Come on, these are some of the greatest, some of the best, but they had their setbacks. Listen, we at this church have been praying for the brokenhearted. We've been praying for this Sunday that people would come into this house struggling, hurting, wanting answers because they don't have the answers themselves. We've been praying for that. And so listen, if you're here and you're in the midst of your trouble you're in the midst of a storm. You're just trying to reach for anything. It's almost like slipping. You ever slip down the stairs and it's amazing? You got your socks on and it's amazing how you just throw arms hoping you can grab something. Thank God for rails. I'm telling you, there'd be a few times that I'd end up all the way at the bottom, but I only slid down two thirds of the way. See, we've been praying that, that, that God would bring people that are hurting. And let me tell you this, that if that's you, welcome, because you're in good company. You're in good company. But I'm telling you this, that God has brought you here for a reason and for a purpose. He's brought the hurting. Listen, it doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And guess what? God sees your setback and he can turn your setback into a comeback in and through the advantage of surrendering to him. God is calling you back to faith. God is calling you back to the church. I prophetically believe 
that there are people that once used to be a faithful part of God's kingdom. Come on, you were in the body of Christ strong at one point, making a huge difference, but but you've not done that. You've kind of let that rest and picked up other things. And it doesn't even matter why. But I'm telling you this, that I believe that God is calling you back to grace. Not necessarily grace church, just having grace, receiving grace from God and extending grace to whoever it is that you need to extend it to. God is calling you back to forgiveness, amen? Not only for yourself, but to share and to extend forgiveness to the people that you need to share it with. God is absolutely calling you back to love because God is love. And he wants you to know his love. And he wants you to extend his love to others. If you're struggling right now, I'm going to challenge you to stop asking God for peace. Matter of fact, just stop asking God for everything that he's already given you. See, sometimes we've got to move from asking, boy, I wish God would do this. Boy, I wish God would do this. Boy, I wish God would do this. Sometimes we've got to move from that place to a position of just receiving and then a position of being thankful. God, thank you for, you know, I'm going to stop asking. I'm going to receive what it is that you've already given. Man, instead of asking, I'm going to move into a framework of just being thankful for what you've already promised. See, I'm not downplaying your setback. Matter of fact, even this last week, I received a phone call from uh, from a friend that knew another friend that was in a domestic violence situation. And so listen, people are in real difficult situations and I'm not downplaying the pain and the hurt and the grief that you're going through. But what I am saying, instead of, instead of focusing on that, I want you to know that your comeback has already been planned and promised by God. Amen. And he's got better for you tomorrow than what you're experiencing today. Number three is this. You cannot have a comeback without a setback. There's no victory story without trouble, right? There's no great story. There's no great storyline without the struggle. You cannot have a comeback without a setback. The problem is, is some people choose to remain in their setback. And I'm telling you this, that that is never, nor will it ever be God's plan for your life. It's never been part of God's plan, nor will it ever be God's plan for you to remain in a setback. He's always, he's created you for greatness. He's created you to overcome. He's created you to rise up. Jesus and the Holy Spirit is your advantage. He will lead you into all truth and understanding. You have something in the Lord that, the world doesn't have, and that is truth, and that's relationship with the Son and the Savior. In my watching of Survivor, I've come to find that when you're on a team and there's a million dollars on the line, there's a lot of shenanigans that happen behind the scenes. They call these moments blindsides. You'd think you're in good with a group of people and then they vote you off of the island and there goes your million dollars. What a fun game. <laughs> Brings out the best in people. 
But what is sad is when somebody has an immunity advantage in their pocket. Like you can, you can play the immunity advantage at any moment. And it doesn't matter if they vote your name. If you play the immunity advantage, that vote doesn't count. I wonder how many people choose to remain in their setback, not playing the advantage that God has given them. And their lives are destroyed or their lives are put on pause never to continue to the glory of God. Never to reach what it is that they've been created for. And I'm telling you this, that that's such a tragedy. Psalm 78 and verse 41 says this. Yes, again and again, they tempted God. God's people tempted him and they limited the Holy One of Israel. See, many times people believe in fate. Whatever it is that God's going to do, he's simply going to do. He just supernaturally controls everything that happens. This, my friend, is a lie. You sometimes find yourself where you are. Let me just say it like this. We'll take the pressure off of us. The children of Israel, it was never God's intention for them to wander around the wilderness for 40 years. But they put limits on God. They limited God. And so you can have all the advantage in the world. But if you limit God, you're never going to step into the fullness of what it is that he has for you. Amen. Amen. And so all of us limit God. All of us come short. But the idea is not to live in the limitation. The idea is to recognize, wow, I've been limiting God. Wow, I haven't been standing on his promises. Wow, I haven't been walking in faith. And then all of a sudden you make an adjustment, you shift, you change, and you get back on God's plan. Get up when you're knocked down because something better awaits you. The Bible says that though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Though the righteous fall Seven times they rise again. 13 years ago, we moved our family to Rupert, Idaho from Boise. And uh, best decision we've ever made. Brought my family over here. Bob gives me a hard time. Dr. Bob Dempsey gives me a hard time. Because every time I tell the story, there's fewer and fewer people that were here. <laughs> I think I've gotten down to just, there was three of us. There was just three of us. You know, the truth is, is there were probably 30 people. The church had gone through a split. I'll tell you this, that one of the biggest blessings was, is the church building was paid for. But I will also say this, it was really dilapidated and ran down. And I don't say that to hurt anybody's feelings. It just is what it is. And um, there were 30 people here. And, and the people that were here, and I just want to say, God bless the women of the church. Not taken away from any of the men, but my first observation was, this church is still going because of the women that have stepped up and are making things happen. Some of them just right here. Celebrate our women this Easter Sunday. Maybe you'll get a chocolate bar later chocolate bunny rabbit or something like that. But let me just tell you this, that this church had not always been that way. You know what I mean? Run down. The people are tired from just doing everything to keep the doors open. This is why if you go right on the other side of this hall, right out here, 
It was very important to me that I put up in this building a wall of honor. Because if you'll go right on the other side of this wall, what you're going to see is a full church, a thriving church, a church that was making a tremendous, huge difference in this community. People were getting baptized and saved. And it was a bigger picture. It was a different picture than the 30 that were keeping the doors open. And so we put that there because we wouldn't be here lest the work had been done there, amen. And guess what? The work that we're doing here today, unless the Lord comes back real soon, which is very possible, it can go on without the work we're doing today. But greater things are in the future for this church, amen. But this is the deal. When we came, we just came at a season of a setback. They had a little dip. They had some trouble, but God wasn't done with Grace Church, nor is he done with Grace Church now. Come on. He has written in history a comeback because this is his church. Amen. And he's going to continue to use his church to encourage and strengthen this community. Number four is this, and I got to hurry. We're closing in your setback. Don't look to get back. Isn't that funny? When we go through a setback, I want you to really pull in with me here for a second. When we go through a setback, our focus is to get back to where we once were. This is so wrong. This is so wrong. God's never called you to get back. He's called you to go beyond. It's so funny, man. Sometimes people, people, Pastor Matt, I want you to work on something. You see, back in 72, we used to have a big choir. I'm talking a big choir, man. The whole back and we had risers and everything. And with a real choir, you got to have big choir robes. The big choir green robes that go with nothing else in the entire church with the big white collar on them. <laughs> Pastor Matt, God really moved back in 72. And I think it was because of that big choir and those big choir robes. I want you, sir, to bring back the big choir. <laughs> and see, sir, if we can find some big choir robes. Right? It's crazy. When we go through a setback, all we want to do is get back to where we once were. But the problem is God's never calling us back to where we were. He's calling us beyond. In fact, yes. that setback might be the very thing that launches you past. Come on, just being stale, just kind of. So I'm telling you, God can use the setback in powerful ways. Now, one thing that I would like to get back to, and I don't know how yet. It's the potluck. I think some Praise of the, the great, Lord right now. I, just, hallelujah. That's prophetic. Amen. That's how the church is built through potlucks. And I'm telling you, we had a potluck when I moved here every weekend. And I was like, the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. But I want you to know this, that there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with those things. You're divorced here. So, so let's say you're divorced. You're saying, Pastor Travis, you're telling me that God 
can take me beyond where I was, even though divorce is not God's plan for your life, I'm telling you, yes. We have absolutely people that are thriving in Grace Church here. They went through some troubled times and they're not with their first husband. They're not with their first wife. They went through some troubled times, but God says, listen, I'm not giving up on you. In fact, some would say, even though this is not God's plan, God does, he hates divorce, absolutely despises it. But some would say that their life has gone further than, the, than it ever did even in their first marriage. This is the goodness and the grace and the mercies of God, which is new every single day. Amen? An old job, man, it was my job. I was created for that job. And then they fired me from that job. You mean to tell me there's something better? Yes, absolutely. Don't try to get back to where you once were. God's gonna take you beyond. Well, what about, I got one for you. What about the loss of a loved one? What about the loss of a son or a daughter? What about the loss of a husband, a mom or a dad? You mean to tell me like, listen, I see how that plays in all those other areas. It plays in this one too. Guess what, my friend? You can honor that person that you love so much by living the greatest life that you can live in memory of them, even in loss. I promise you, in most cases, I would say all cases, but I think it's a stretch. In most cases, that person that you love so much that's gone to be with the Lord, that's gone on, if they could come back and tell you, man, hey, listen, live your greatest, your best life. Amen? The Bible, Solomon's temple, the Bible says that it was the most magnificent temple that was ever made. It was lined with gold and had silver and precious stones and metals, and it was just fantastic. But then the enemy came in and destroyed the temple. The people were regrouping and, they, and they, 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 they showed back up and they were saying, listen, we need to rebuild the temple. But they were broke and they were tired and there was a moment that they were discouraged and they were saying, how in the world are we ever going to bring this back to its, to its beauty, to its magnificence? And the Bible says, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former. See, sometimes we're just trying to get back, but God says, listen, it's even going to be better. It's going to be better than it once was. See, it's not good to compare what God is going to do in your future with your past. It's never good to do that. Your comeback will always propel you beyond where you once were. So my challenge is this. Stir up your faith and get ready for this next season of life. Now I want to talk to some people. It's going to be a few people, not all people. Don't check out because this might play in your future. I want to talk to the people that have had a spiritual setback. Maybe you belonged to a church at one point and you were hurt by somebody that was really, really close to you and you're thinking, man, oh man, I could get that in the world. I don't need to belong to a church family. Those people were just mean to me. 
And so you've pulled yourself out of the church, which by the way, a little BTW is God's plan for your life to be a part of the body of Christ, but you've removed yourself. Maybe at some point in the past, you were like, man, everybody's talking about the power of God and his ability to answer prayers and and he will, he, will, he will answer your prayers like there's an advantage taking your situations to the Lord, right? And he'll answer your prayers. And, and I prayed so diligently and I believe the Bible said, I know this, that when you ask, believe what you're asking for. And I did that. I believed. But guess what? My prayer wasn't answered. In fact, the exact opposite happened. The person that I loved died. And so you've picked up an offense. And so you've, because, because, because you thought that all I have to do is ask and everything is going to turn out exactly like I want it to turn out. And it didn't happen. You've picked up an offense and you've removed yourself. And I'm just saying this, that, that God is so faithful. And he is so sovereign and he knows what we don't know. I promise you at the end of the day, it's going to make sense someday as to why those prayers weren't answered. But I'm saying, come back. There was a lady that I just seen this last week and the pandemic hit. How many of you know the, the pandemic was a fearful time for a lot of people? And so she stopped going to church and she stopped going shopping. She stopped everything. But then... Once everything kind of started to relax, she went back to shopping, she went back to the movies, she went back to work, but she never went back. She never made her way back, you know what I mean, to church. And I'm just saying this, that it's easy to find ourselves in this place. Like, I don't need church because everything's pretty good right now. My family's good, I got a good paying job. You know what I'm saying? I'm a good person. Boy, that's a lie. Where none of us are good people, right? But I, everything's going good. Let me just say just real quick. This I'm closing. I'm still in my clothes. It's getting real close. The close is happening right now. All things are good until they're not good anymore. And I'm telling you this. As the world goes, your good or your not good, I should say, is coming. And that's I don't have to be prophetic. As the world goes, your not good is coming. You're going to wake up one morning saying, listen, this tragedy that I've just awoken to, I would have never asked for it, but you're there. And I'm telling you, that's the time that you're going to need Jesus more than ever. That's the time that you're going to want to have some tenure walking with the Lord. Amen. That's the time when you're going to want to be connected to a church family that can that can encourage you, come alongside and pray with you. Maybe just be an ear to listen. I'm asking you this. Spiritual setbacks are some of the most devastating setbacks because people deny Jesus in spiritual setbacks. And this is what the Bible says, that if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. So my question is this, my last question is this. Do you have peace with your relationship with Jesus right now? Like in the event that, that, that something tragic was going to happen and you, this was to be your last day on the planet, do you absolutely know that you're going to go to heaven? 
The Bible says that those that receive him will be raised up again with him to walk in newness of life. Are you saved? Do you belong to the family of God? I'm not asking you, do you know about Jesus? I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Do you walk with him? Come on, do you talk with him? Is he a part of your everyday life? Because all of this Easter stuff, right? He was born. He spent many years in ministry, three years in ministry. Even before that, he was, he was growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He died on a cross, was buried in a tomb, and he rose again on the third day. Every single thing had to do with you and me. And it wasn't just for you and me. Like you might be the beginning of something great happening in the entirety of your family. Like God saves you, next thing you know, he's saving your husband. Next thing you know, your children are saved. Next thing you know, mom and dad are saved. Next thing you know, aunts and uncles are coming to Jesus. Like this isn't just about you, it's about you. But you're a a piece and a part in a much bigger picture. But guess what? If there was only one, if you were the only one, it's still all about you. Like he's not just bringing you in to get to somebody else. He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one, which is you. So I'm just asking you this morning, do you know him? And if you don't know him, there's nothing greater to happen than for you to receive Jesus right now. Well, pastor, how do I do that? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that if you ask him to forgive you of your sins, he's faithful and just to do that. And every single one of us have sin and we need forgiveness of that sin. There's not one that doesn't need forgiveness. And if you broke one of his laws, one of his commandments, you've broken them all. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a mess. I love that. We're a real church. Some of you had a lot of fun doing that right now. You had a lot of fun. I'm telling you this, that Jesus died for you. And you can receive him right now. And if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're like, listen, I'm asking him to forgive me of my sins. If you want to do that, or if you want to rededicate your life this morning, all I'm asking you to do is by a step of faith, just raise a hand in the air and say, you know what, that's me. This Easter Sunday, I'm giving a new devotion right here, right here. Anybody else all over right here. Thank you guys. Up top, anybody? Everybody's good. All the way in the top. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So listen, I'm gonna pray a prayer. Make this prayer your own prayer, right? Don't just trust in my prayer. Say, yes, what he said, that's for me. Yes, we come into agreement with what I'm saying. Lord, thank you for this incredible week where we've celebrated not only your life, but your death. And not only your death, but you rose again on the third day. That all who would believe in you would not perish. And we believe in you right now. Lord, right now, all over this place, we say, I believe in Jesus. You are who you said you are. You're the only begotten of the Father. 
You came, you lived, you died for me. You sacrificed, you laid down your life for me. And I received the gift of eternal life. I believe in you. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Every last one of them. Come into my life. Lord, I live my life for you. Give me help in this area because I know I'm going to want to do things my way, but remind me of the decision that I've made today. Give me your spirit, which fills my body, changes the way I think. It leads me when I'm lost. It gives me wisdom when I need it, and it answers questions. Direct my steps and use me, Lord, for your glory and use me that I might be an encouragement to others. I pray all these things today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday to you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.